Vibe Talks. Vibe Talks. More than just music. Hello, everybody. This is Giancarlo Alino reporting for Vibe 105 with a sports Vibe Talk segment where we're going to be talking about all things Canadian Premier League and get some insight on what it's like to play on the East Coast in Canada. To help me out today, I'm happy to be joined by my guest who's an expert in this area, plays for the Halifax Wanderers in the CPL, Matthew Arnone. How you doing, Matthew? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, Matthew, as mentioned, you're in the CPL playing for Halifax. Uh, you're one of the late additions to the team. You started off training in Italy earlier on, and then you got that call to play for Halifax. Just what was your initial reaction to the CPL, and what were your expectations going into the new Canadian Premier League? Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, it's something that I, you know, when you grow up, you think about why doesn't Canada have a league. And, and, you know, when I initially got the call, it was something special to be a part of Canadian history and, and help build the pathway for, for future players and and really something that's been a long time coming for the country and, and the sport in the country. So it was, uh, it was a no-brainer for me, and I'm just happy to be a part of that. Also, when you look at other leagues, like you were training in Italy, uh, everybody knows the style over there, the identity over there is like the Catanacho style, very defensive. When you look at the Canadian League right now, playing in it for its first season, what would you say the identity of the CPL is right now? I think it's a high intensity. I think it's something similar. Um, I think the model for some of the teams is, you know, in Canada, it's always been to, to mimic English soccer, and I think intensity we've we've mastered. It's quite a high intensity. It's quite a fast-paced game, and um, there are teams that do play um, quite good football, similar to that in in Spain and and places like that, where they're always looking to build out of the back. But I think for the most part, uh, the identity would definitely be high intensity, high flow, high pace to the game, and and sort of uh, initially, anyways, a, a battle, especially when you're away from home and. And these sorts of things. So, yeah, I think uh, it's definitely adopted a European-esque style. But uh, some teams have, have been more true to that than others. You know, the Valors and the Pacifics and the Yorks. Um, but then you have, you know, obviously the Cavalrys who, who have a, quite a direct style but still play good football in their own right. And, and you know, in Halifax, we're, we're quite direct as well. So, you know, uh, it's been a, a team of many identities, much like the country. I think it's a, it's a melting pot of different cultures spilling into soccer so it's something quite interesting and on the east coast there's no nhl or nba team over there so with that said how would you say the city of halifax has responded to having a pro sports team there oh the the welcome has been so warm that we i could have never imagined that the fans would be this great i think uh you know in terms of cpl we have the best fans in the league i think in, in canada um you know we're, we're right up there with the a little bit smaller but I mean for our first year team it's, it's definitely looking promising and obviously as a team we just want to repay their, their faith and their loyalty by uh, obviously having some success in these final games and Wonders Grounds over there in Halifax is known as a kitchen where you play all your home games. For those in Halifax or maybe here in the GTA who aren't familiar with what to experience during a Wanders game, what is the atmosphere like and what can somebody expect if they go to Wanders Grounds? Oh, it's a blast. I mean, obviously I haven't partaken in many games as a spectator, but uh, it's super fun to play in, and that atmosphere is obviously created by by the fans there. They're electric every single game. The seats are... It's hard to get a ticket. It's hard to get a seat because, you know, it's always sold out, and, and they support us no matter what. Rain, shine, cold, it doesn't matter. So um, it's definitely a blast. I, I know the fans are, you know, sort of unapologetic about how much they love the Wanderers. They, they support us. Uh, unconditionally and and I think it's something to experience for soccer in Canada for sure. 
Yeah, and another aspect of this league that many aren't aware of is a travel for teams like yourself and Pacific out there in Victoria. So after this first season, would you say that the CPL has had a schedule that worked against both yourself and uh, the Pacific FC team? Um, to be honest with you, if we're speaking as, as transparent as possible, I think that the travel is obviously the hardest on us based on geographical location. But, you know, the scheduling has been, you know, not the best. I think it's something to improve on. I mean, there's there was periods of the season where we were playing, you know, seven, eight, nine games in a row. We played our second half of the fall season in about two weeks' time, and then we had three weeks off. So, you know, obviously if you can spread that out, that would obviously better be better, not only for, for the players' bodies and, and, you know, that sort of thing, but, but also for the entertainment value. The players will be able to perform at a higher level. They'll be able to recover better and, and obviously be able to, to perform more consistently, right? And, you know, we've had a lot of injuries as as of most teams, to be honest, because the schedule is so gruesome. And um, to be honest, it's it's something that needs to be addressed for sure. So what do you experience then when you're going from Halifax? Let's say now you're going to be in Calgary, playing against Calgary there at Spruce Meadows. So uh, what have you experienced physically or emotionally during a game? Well, I mean, first thing, you know, I traveled to Victoria prior to coming to Calgary. So we travel four, across four time zones. So, um, you know, we're... You know, players are talking about waking up at four in the morning and five in the morning because they're they're on Halifax time still. So obviously the sleep is is the major the major issue, right? And and you know we're playing a match at seven p.m. versus Pacific, which is really eleven p.m. Halifax time. And obviously that's that's obviously a big issue. Um, the travel is obviously you know we travel eight hours, and and by the time we arrived in Victoria, it was only one p.m. So the players were looking to take a nap or or sleep. But, um, you know, obviously we're, we're midday, so we have to fight through it and, and make it, you know, as best as possible to acclimate to the, to the time change. And then obviously we're now we're on mountain time. It's obviously a, an easier transition from Pacific time to, to mountain time. But, you know, we played two days ago, so, and we have a game tomorrow. So, um, you know, one of your recovery days is a travel. It's on an airplane, so it's not really a recovery day. And you do as best as you can. You properly you speak properly and you, and you pull up your socks and you're ready to go again tomorrow. Yeah, you just brought up there too, just the sleep and all these areas. What's it like on the field for you? Do you feel differently or is it the same game? Like how much do these time zones affect you during a game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, if I'm being honest, I, I like to say that I travel pretty well. I, I'm pretty acclimated. Uh, I get acclimated very quickly. I do everything I can and, you know, do all my all the diligence that I can to, to be ready for the match. But, you know, I'm playing at 7 p.m. in Victoria you feel exhausted by the second half because you're really playing at 11 p.m., which is something you're not used to, right? And, and there's obviously all the other factors like flight and jet lag and all these things that, that are kind of piling on you. But, you know, for the first time I felt it in, in Victoria, you, you feel exhausted on the field where you're really not used to playing at that time, right? And and especially at Wanderers Grounds, we play afternoon games. We play evening games that, you know, we've played a handful of evening games that end at 9 o'clock, but nobody's playing football at 11 p.m., 12, 12 yeah. a.m., right? So this is something that obviously cannot be addressed because that's just the way time zones work. But I think something, you know, to do with the scheduling, if we can sort of space out the matches a little bit better, we'll give players a lot more time to get acclimated. Perhaps teams can travel earlier and et cetera, et cetera. But I definitely think, like, the time zone is definitely the worst on Victoria and, and Halifax. But I think, it's, you know, uh, that being said, it's, it's even for both teams because they'll be, they'll be coming to us next week and dealing with the same thing. 
For those just joining us on Vibe 105, this is Giancarlo Alino with a Sports Vibe Talk segment with Matthew Arnone of the Halifax Wanderers. Uh, Matthew, now you've had a chance to play in different climates, different time zones like you brought up there. Uh, what would you say has been the toughest time zone or climate that you've had to deal with this season? Yeah, I think the, the most recent game in Victoria, like I just said, um, you know, going across four, four hours of, of time zone difference and, and trying to get uh, acclimated to that. You know, I woke up after the match and, you know, you talk about recovery and rest is super important. And because of the time zone and the time change, I was up at, you know, 5 a.m. after the game. We had, we had gone back to the, to the hotel at 10 p.m. And by the time I had done ice bath and recovery, I was in bed by maybe midnight. And I, could, I was wide awake at 5 a.m., which is 9 a.m. Halifax time. So it was something, obviously, that, you know, obviously the game is done. However, it does affect you going into the next match, right, which is three days later. You're traveling and you need to catch up on your sleep. So... It's definitely challenging uh, going out to the West Coast, especially when you're going backwards in time. Um, you know, fighting through fighting through midday. You know, when we arrive, fighting through the middays and and not taking a nap because you have to try and get on Pacific time and you only have a few days to do so. So that's definitely super challenging. But uh, like I said, it's I don't like to make too many excuses. It's it is challenging for all players, and I think um, I think it's something that you know can't unfortunately you can't avoid it. So. Uh, something that all the players have to deal with. And like I said, it's, it's even on all playing fields because Pacific will be back here next week. Just going to shift gears a little bit here. Uh, York 9 are the team that play here on the York University campus. And I've got a chance to see some of the players over here. Their assistant coach, Carmen Asako, who you're familiar with, uh, coaches the university teams over here. Just the amount of players that have come out of the York program, like yourself, Ryan Telfer, Mark Anthony Kay out there in LAFC. What is it about York's program that they've been able to produce so many Canadian talents so far? Well, I think first and foremost, it starts from the home, right? And, and Carm has been there before, and he kind of sets the standard and, and what's expected of you every single day. And I think one thing that was preached, that was often preached, was you need you need to not set your standards at the at the level of your opponent, because obviously in college, um, you know the level is not necessarily that of one that would prepare you for a pro level. But you need to set your your standards by the players around you. So you know, training every day with Mark Anthony and, and Ryan Telfer and Daniel Fogarty and all these guys that ended up obviously playing at the pro level is what is what made us sharp enough to, to make the jump. So, you know, Carm brought in good players and surrounded us with good players to succeed, but also gave us the mentality and the philosophy behind what makes a pro a pro. So I think, you know, first and foremost, it goes to him. And, and then obviously it's just the players that push each other every single day. Yeah, and you went from being a striker to a midfielder and then a central defender where you play now in the CPL. What was that change in position like for you? Like, uh, was there any learning curve you had to adjust to or was it just a smooth transition? Um, to be honest with you, it's, you know, I've played in the, wherever I've played, I've played in the middle of the park, like, just probably for my whole, my entire career when I was playing at a, a very low level at grassroots, I started as a midfielder and then, you know, I was just being a big guy, you always find yourself in the middle of the park, so... Um, it was a bit of a transition. I think you need to change, switch gears mentally and, and think about, you know, playing safe first rather than when you're an attacker, you're allowed to make those, those chances and, and take, you know, make the low risk pass and, and whatnot. And you need to, as a defender and defensive midfielder, your job is to hold possession and, and obviously intervene and win the ball from the other team. So, you know, I think it gave me a little bit of an edge having that mentality of a forward and, and understanding what runs the forwards are going to make and, and whatnot. But I think ultimately, I did have a little bit of a transition. I did find myself in, in a couple, you know, scenarios in college and university, you know, where I did get exposed. And I think, like, something that I needed to sharpen up was, you know, 
being more sound defensively, positionally, and these are sorts of growing pains when, when you switch positions. But ultimately, you know, Carm and, and everyone worked with me, the assistant coaches as well worked with me to identify these things, even though perhaps York University won the game 4-0. It was massive. Hey, this is one thing that if you want to make it to the next level, this is something you need to share off because this is something where they will exploit you, right, where the level is a bit higher and, and uh, the mistakes are punished more often. So, yeah, I mean, good credit to them. They helped me. Uh, tremendously and you know obviously I worked hard myself but the combination of the two has got me where I am and now playing that central defender role where you are right now in Halifax would you say it's more taxing on your body or is it a situation where okay the striker can only go so far uh what are your thoughts on being a central defender in a pro soccer league yeah I think I think it's a lot more tactical than than it was in the, at the college level I think it was a lot more based on athleticism at the college level I think it's a lot more direct. I think it's a lot less thinking, in, in my opinion. I think it's a lot more rehearsed, uh, the play. And, you know, when you deal with players, you know, in the, in the, you know, with Cavalry's players that will be playing with games tomorrow, they're number 10s and they're, and they're number 9s. They're, they're quite, they're quite good at reading the game. So you need to be positionally sound. Um, and, and if you are, you, you really don't do as much running. So I think it's less taxing for sure. Um, you're kind of the one that kind of sets the, the line and, and you can use that to your advantage. So playing the offside line would be, would be something that you can use to your advantage. And it really is just about reading the game and, and having a good read on the ball. And, and, you know, obviously the, the players around you, you need to be quite, quite aware and you need to manage a whole back line. So, you know, I've taken that responsibility here at Halifax. I think it's, it's gone pretty well. We've been in the last six or seven games, we've been pretty stingy on defense. So, um, you know, to be honest with you, taxing physically, I think any position is taxing physically. But uh, I think if you're if you're smart and you manage yourself well, you see the more experienced defenders in the league play till they're 35, 36, 37 years old because they do read the game so well. Once again, for those just joining us on Vibe 105, this is Giancarlo Alino with a Sports Vibe Talk segment. We're speaking with Matthew Arnona, the Halifax Wanderers. Matthew, you have a charitable foundation that helps a great cause here locally in the community. Uh, can you just give our listeners a better idea of how that started and uh, how can they donate to that cause? Yeah, so... Uh-huh. Well, now it'll be nine years on September 24th. Um, my brother passed away, obviously, in a, in a tragic car accident that left our family pretty pretty traumatized. And, you know, we decided that as a family, we wanted to do something positive and, and make light of, obviously, such a such a negative situation. So we started a, a foundation called Jason's Wish. Um, basically, what it is is a dinner dance fundraiser um, that we host every year. We actually just hosted on September 27th. Obviously, I wasn't able to attend because we had a match versus Edmonton in Halifax the day after. So, obviously, that wasn't ideal for me, but my family did a great job putting on the event. It was a huge success yet again. And, um, yeah, it's basically all the proceeds go to Sunnybrook Foundation, to the Trauma Care Center. And, basically, that's where Jason was taken care of for two weeks. He battled, obviously, with the injuries of the of the accident and, unfortunately, didn't, didn't make it through. But we want to you know, we decided we wanted to prevent that from happening to another family. And even if we could save one life, we we, we think it's a, a huge success. So we're, you know, upwards of $75,000 at this point donated in over the eight or nine years. And it's become a real a real community, I, I would say, um, for the attendees. And, and, you know, they're always bringing someone new and the, and the branches are growing longer and longer and reaching out and, and touching more people. And, you know, the feedback has been has been amazing. And for us, it's such a fulfilling thing to to hold on to not only Jason's memory, but to create new memories um, in his life. So it's something that not only are we, you know, giving 
to a good cause. We're actually fulfilling, you know, a small, uh, a large void in our in our hearts, but with you know something small like a, an evening of charity. So, if you guys are willing to donate to that, uh, we do accept um, transfer e- email transfers to Jay's Wish, J A Y Z Wish at Yahoo.ca. You can email transfer. We do provide tax receipts. We do have a charitable donation number. If you want to be, a, if you're a business and you would like to donate. Um, you can contact me at Arnone Matthew, A-R-N-O-N-E, Matthew with two T's, at gmail.com. And I can definitely, uh, uh, we have a business donation letter that I can provide you with if, uh, if you're looking to donate in any way. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Matthew. Uh, before we wrap up here, how can our listeners follow you on social media? Yeah, they can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, um, Arnone Matthew on Instagram, A-R-N-O-N-E, Matthew with two T's. Um, and then on Twitter, my name is Matthew 23 unfortunately, because somebody who is a ghost account on Instagram, on Twitter, sorry, took my name and now I can't use it. So it would be Arnone Matthew 23 on both platforms. Well, Matthew, I'd like to thank you for sharing your time and coming on Vibe 105 to talk CPL with me. And I wish you all the best as you close the inaugural CPL season. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. That was Halifax Wanderers defender Matthew Arnone. Now we're going to send it back to the studio for more programming right here on Vibe 105. And now back to your Vibe, Vibe 105.